What up, what up, what up? How y'all doing? How's it hanging? We're back. You know, we might be a day late and a dollar fucking short, but we are here. Hi, I'm Allie, the host of the Be That Bitch podcast, where we talk about being that bitch, which I am that bitch that is a day late because we are supposed to air on Wednesday, but it's Thursday. You know, I would say sorry, but my mama taught me. My mama taught me, don't say sorry if you plan on doing it again. And I plan on probably being late again a time or two. Just just putting that out there. So I'm not going to say sorry. But I'm going to say I'm here, bitches. We back. But I do promise you this episode is worth the day delay. It's worth it because it is something y'all have been asking for since I kind of teased that I have this, y'all were like, all right, Allie, we need your protocols. We need your protocols. And I woke up this morning, not thinking I was going to do a podcast episode, because honestly, I ain't going to lie, y'all. I woke up this morning and then chose violence. Like I chewed my husband's head off. I like griped at my kids. I didn't even make Riley a lunch because she pissed me off so much this morning. I told her she's eating what's for school at lunch. And I don't care if that you like it or not. Like that's the kind of violence that I chose this morning um granted it was chicken nuggets so the kid will fucking eat the hell out of some chicken nuggets but the point is I woke up and chose violence this morning because it's day two of my period everybody is just like anybody else that way and I feel like I feel like and you know me I have no filter I don't really care we get up close and personal all day long I feel like with each kid my periods have gotten like progressively worse, right? And if you're a dude listening to this, fucking sorry. Like, I don't know. It's a bodily function and hopefully you're married. And if you're married, we'll give you some insight. But anyways, um, so like I'm saying, it got progressively worse with each kid. Not only your vision gets worse, but your periods get worse. They don't warn you about that shit. So now like the first two days, my husband basically knows like, don't look at me because if you look at me wrong, I will chew your head off. So that's kind of the vibe I chose today. And I was like, you know what? This is a perfect time to go over my different protocols for how I handle different situations. So I really think this episode's gonna help a lot of y'all, especially for those of y'all that don't have like alternatives to if life gets crazy. So that is what we've got on the docket for today, but let's talk spicy romance books. So y'all know last month I was like in the dark romance phase of my life. Like I was living in the dark romance. Well, we're a week and a half into November and November is all about my small town romances. It's all about the cutesy wootsy, like they live happily ever after shit. Um, now I am not one to bad mouth books frequently. I just don't do it. I don't like to. Authors put a lot of time and energy into the books, but I will be the first to badmouth a character. So I read Mind to Love um, by Natasha Madison. Now this book was fucking hyped up. People were loving it. They said that 
Presley and Braxton were like their favorites. Like, and this is like a series, like a character series. So I just jumped in with this new one. Let me tell you, I have never been more annoyed or pissed off or want to choke a bitch more than I wanted to Presley. Like she was the definition of just wishy-washy. Like she has been with Braxton for going on 12 years as like a friends with benefit type situation, like hookup, right? So she refused to commit to him. She refused to like date him. She believed she would never get married, right? So she was like just anti all of this shit. So she basically is dragging poor Braxton along because she, he, she knows he loves the shit out of her, but she don't give a fuck if she drags him along or not. And he is literally like bending over backwards to try to get this woman to commit to him. Like to the point where she is so wishy-washy, she would sleep with him, like stick his penis in her vagina and would refuse to actually sleep in the same bed as him. Like she would like get up and sneak out before he would wake up. Like, can we just talk about how fucked up that is? And then when he finally puts his foot down, she's like, and see, I knew he was going to leave me. I knew everybody was leaving. Yeah, bitch, no fucking shit he left you. He left you because you're a dumb bitch. Like, I'm sorry. I am all for woman empowerment. But like, why, when when a character's inner dialogue, right? Their character's inner dialogue is saying one thing and their outer dialogue is saying another thing. And they're like, you know, saying it's fine when their inner dialogue saying it's really not fine. I get fucking pissed off. I'm like, come on, just tell it like it is, homie. Tell it like it is, right? And yeah, she had a surprise pregnancy with him, right? And then she's getting all hurt whenever he's like, wanting to just be amicable for the kids because his heart can't take it anymore. No, fuck you. Fuck this. Fuck. No, we're, we're good. We're good. We're good. So, um, the only reason I rate this book an eight out of 10, right? Like the only reason is because I cried during it and I don't cry during a lot of books. I have a black soul, but this book made me cry. So that's the only reason it got the vote that it did. Other than that. Yeah, no. Okay. Now let's move on. Can I tell you this book is going to live rent-free in my mind forever. It's going to live rent-free in my mind forever. So it's called What Was Meant to Be. It's by QB Tyler. So a lot of us readers have like Insta authors, right? Like if this person writes a book, I'm reading it. QB Tyler is mine because I am a hoe for a forbidden romance and she is the forbidden taboo romance queen. So this one is no exception. It's actually launching the day this podcast airs. So the 10th. So the book will be out when you listen to this podcast. It was immaculate. So it's a dad's best friend. And then the dad's best friend, literally like childhood best friend. They grew up together. He was the best man in their wedding. Uh, this guy is actually her godfather. So the female main character, the male main character is actually her godfather. So He's been there her entire life. This is weird. I get taboo. This is very taboo. But he was literally the second person to hold her as a baby. So this is a second chance romance where they, when she turned 18, they had a two year long, like, like secret fleeing romance type situation where they were like in love. They, they dated all the things, right? Talked about all the things, but he was deathly afraid to tell her parents and was like, I don't want to fuck that up. So I'm just going to like deuces and I'm going to go do doctors without borders. Um, and you know, fuck you. So 
That happened five years later, or maybe three years later, a couple years later, he gets a wedding invitation that she's getting married. He's like, absolutely not. The only motherfucker you're marrying is me. So this is a little bit of jealousy. Get that. But I think maybe that was what helped get him like wake him the fuck up. So then he is running like he's like, all right, I'm booking a flight. I'm going home. I'm going to go talk to her like as long as see if she's happy. If she's happy, I'll leave her alone. If she's not, I'm going to fuck that up because that's my woman. I'll leave it at that. But let me tell you, the spice, the spice in this book will, it'll have you super soaking. I ain't even lying. I There is no way to like gently put that. Like when you get to the um, bathtub scene, oh, honey boo boo child, you're going to have to DM me and let me know because that one's probably going to live rent free in my mind forever. So those are the two book recs. I also am reading a series right now. So it's called, uh, the, uh, it's whiskey chasers. It's the bootleg West Virginia, uh, series. So it's a six book series. And if you're into like mystery and romance, this is a really good series for you because it, um, so it follows each of these siblings, right? And their love interests, but there's a mystery element in it because there's a t- it's in a town where nothing bad ever happens except for this one bitch named Callie who went and disappeared. And they ain't never heard or never figured out what happened. So it follows that mystery, but it also follows the relationships of these siblings. So anywho, all of these book recommendations will be linked in the show notes. So check them out. But I know you guys love these as much as I do. Y'all, y'all know I could literally talk about books all day, every day. Like it's an obsession. It's fine. We're fine. Everything's fine. And currently my, um, Christmas TBR is, um, 22 books deep. So I've got a lot of good Christmas books coming your way. We will post about those on Instagram and I will do, um, on the next episode or maybe the next episode. Once we get a little closer to December, I will do an entire like synopsis on this, on the pod just because I know you guys love it. And if you don't, it's fine. We're fine. Everything's fine. You can just skip through this part. But anywho, that is what I've got for y'all for book recommendations and catching up with my life. So let's get into the meat and taters of the podcast episode. Alrighty, y'all, we are back and we are going to talk all about protocols. So when I say protocol, a protocol is basically what you do when life ain't all rainbows, butterflies, and unicorn shit. Like when life really is being difficult, maybe you have a loved one pass away or you're on your period or your husband's being an asshole or your kids are getting on your nerves or work is crazy or you're busy and you're traveling, all the things, right? So having different protocols for different phases of your life. And so I'm going to go over my different protocols, kind of give you how they look. And remember, your protocol might look different than mine. And I will kind of help you decide how to build it with some questions that you're going to ask. So the first thing I want to talk about is why is a protocol important? Why, why is it important? 
to have different protocols for different situations. And the first reason is because life isn't a one size fits all, right? It is not a one size fits all. There's a saying, right? That you make plans and God laughs. And that's truly how all of this plays out, right? Like just life is very unexpected. There's stuff that comes up that's not going to be ideal for your ideal plan. And so what do I mean by my ideal plan, right? You have your your perfect ideal plan. Maybe that's Weight Watchers. Maybe that's doing Beachbody. Maybe that's doing Portion Fix. Maybe that's doing macros. I don't fucking know. But whatever your plan is that you chose to follow for your nutrition and your fitness, right? That is the plan. But that plan only covers when things go amazingly, right? When your husband's not being an asshole, your kids aren't being jerks, when work is feeling good, when you have all the time, you're motivated. It's like your ideal plan. But what happens? happens when life happens. Do you know how to navigate all the situations that life presents itself with, right? All the situations that you can be presented with that won't be conducive to that ideal plan where you're going to feel like that ideal plan is just too fucking much, right? So you know what happens, you know what you do when it's best case scenario, but what happens when worst case scenario comes into play? That is the question we need to start asking ourselves. And if you don't know the answer to that, when you're in the midst of the worst case scenario, when you're in the midst of turmoil and you don't know what you're going to do, guess what the fuck you're going to do? You're going to throw in the towel. You're going to get pissed. You're going to choose not to do anything. You're going to choose right? You're going to choose to say, "Mm, yeah, we're just going to nix this. We'll come back next week. And that is what we don't need to do. So the importance of having all of these different protocols is whenever life happens, whenever this situation comes, you can pull up the protocol and you can say, okay, so when I'm on my period, I do X, Y, Z, right? When I'm too busy to do everything. This is what I do. And that is why it's important because it gives you a direction to go and a plan to continue with. Y'all, a goal without a plan is just a dream and dreams hardly ever come true. Like that's just how I look at it. All right, number two, planning for things will help you feel not so blindsided when those out of control situations happen, right? Y'all, life is full of a bunch of circumstances that we cannot control, right? Because other people are in our life and we can't control other people. And so whenever we have these out of control experiences happen to us, we tend to seize up, right? Like what happens if you have a really bad day at work and people piss you off? What do you do? right? You go home and you want to drink a bottle of alcohol because you just want to numb out. You want to shut down. But if you had a plan for when that happens, right? A plan that's already in place for when that happens and you can look it up, you're a lot more likely to follow that versus giving into the temporary emotions that are heightened at that point. And so the purpose of having a different protocol is so you already have a plan in place for when all of these out of control situations happen. And number three is having these different protocols makes you still feel like you're following a plan, which will allow you to not go off the rails, right? A lot of the reasons we go off the rails is because if we have our ideal plan, right? Whatever your ideal plan is, and we don't do one of those things, we feel like we've let ourselves down. We feel like we're fucking failed. Even though that's the furthest thing from the truth, that's how we feel because we feel like we're not following the plan. And when we feel like we don't follow the plan, what do we do? We say, fuck it. It's not worth it. I'm not going to do it. I'm a piece of shit, whatever. We're going to come back to it. Maybe never. And then you just 
nose dive deep into the fucking deep end of self-deprecation and self-sabotage, right? That is what we're trying to avoid. So if you have a plan for when the plan doesn't happen, you still feel like you're following a plan. Does that make sense? And I know for my type A people that like boxes to check and like to have schedules and plans and all that stuff, you'll totally get me here, right? Because if you don't follow the plan, you have a plan for that. And that will help you so freaking much. I know that it seems like a lot, but I am telling you, if you have these plans in place for when these circumstances eventually do arise and you've created these plans from a place of, and a good mindset, right? So like you're creating them now when you're in a positive mindset, when you're in the the thick of whatever that negativity is, when you're in the thick of those feelings, you're like, this plan was built by my ideal self for when this shit happens. That is really gonna help you work with your best interest in mind. And that is what we need to do is work with our best interest in mind. So now that we know why, right? We know why it's important to have different protocols. Let's talk about how to create said protocols, right? You're like, all right, Allie, I get it. It's important for me to have these different protocols, but how do I create them? So we're gonna do it together right now, right? Now, you might have different protocols than what I might have, right? The, how you create a protocol is the first thing you wanna do is you wanna ask yourself, when do you find that you struggle to follow your plan the most? Like, is it during your period, during stressful times at work, when your kids have a ton of sports, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Constant things that come up that you have found over your lifespan of dieting and fitness and all of the shit you've been doing to try to get health that have derailed your progress and hindered your ability to see success. And so if you wanna pause this real quick and kind of ask yourself those things and write them down, you can do that now. And then you can come back and ask yourself this second question. And the second question is I want you to ask yourself when you find yourself struggling during these times, what's the first thing to go like out during that time, right? So on your piece of paper, I want you to like write boxes. So in the first box, I want you to write your first time that you usually let yourself down, if it's your period or whatever. Second box, third box, fourth box, however many time boxes you need. Then under the time, I want you to like jot down the things that you do to let yourself down during those moments. So for example, if it's during your period, how do you let yourself down? Well, you like, how do you let yourself down and not follow the plan? Well, I have extra chocolate or I don't work out or, you know, I drink more alcohol, whatever the case may be, whatever you do in excess during that time that you feel like is not conducive to your ideal self, I want you to write that down. So maybe during stressful situations, right? You drink more alcohol or you go and like go through the drive through or whatever the case may be. Just write the things down that you feel like you do that you shouldn't do during those times, okay? Now you can pause this and do that and then you can come back for the third question. Okay, so now that you have the things that you do that you feel like aren't conducive to the person that you wanna be, your ideal self, you have the times that you do usually let yourself down. Now I need you to ask yourself this, what is something I can do even if it's not what I usually do during these times? Because this is key, right? This is key. You're not wanting to problem solve here. That's not what we're doing in protocols. That's not what we're doing. A little bit, but not much, right? What we're doing here is saying, 
if all of this shit's happening, right? Like I am stressed beyond measures. What is one to two to three things that I can do to still keep myself feeling in control, working towards my ideal self and keep myself from not going off the rails? So I'm going to give you examples of my protocols and maybe this will help you kind of spark some ideas. So like, for example, my period protocol, because right now hot flow is kicking my dairy air. So during my period, right, I am a very emotional individual. Like I am pissed off. And I know my mom always said, right, it's better to be pissed off than pissed on. But I am telling you what, I'd rather not be pissed off or pissed on. That's all I got to say. So I know that I'm usually feeling very moody. The first day to two days, I am cramping more than a son of a bitch. And I just don't want to do anything, right? Like I just, I feel blah. And so my protocol follows this. My three focuses is I want, I usually focus on yoga or stretch, right? Usually working out just doesn't happen for me, like going on a run or anything like that. But I know that if I do a yoga, if I do a stretch, if I just do a light lifting session, it's something that I can manage even with the cramps. And this is part of my plan, right? The second thing is I always know that I need sweets during my period. I don't give a fuck if I have them usually a rest of the year, right? I'm not a big sweets person, but when I'm on my period, this bitch needs chocolate and she needs chocolate fast, right? And so something I realize is the more that I tell myself I can't have something, the more that I know I'm going to want it. And so part of my period protocol is one fun size chocolate after lunch and after supper every day of my period because that is what I want and that was what makes me feel good is having that chocolate. Do you see how it can help change your mindset if it's planned into your day, right? Because a lot of us say, a lot a lot of y'all ask me these questions, right? Like, all right, Hallie, how do you like deal with like the cravings when you're on your period or how do you deal with like wanting all the chocolate? I'm like, I eat it. I tell myself I can have it and I eat it. I just plan it into my protocol for that time of the month. And so one fun size chocolate bar is usually plenty for me after lunch and after supper so that I can get that craving out of the way and feel like I'm indulged. And so that's my protocol for if I'm on my period, right? If I do those three things, I feel like I am still working towards my ideal self during that time of the month. So I have another one for excess stress. So like if I'm feeling very stressed, my first thing is I do a bubble bath with sparkling water. So whenever I was stressed, I used to drink a lot, but I found that that wasn't something that was very conducive and it really didn't help level out my stress. And so I always like to pour myself a nice bubble bath, have myself a sparkling water and enjoy a book in the bath. It really helps me de-stress and it really helps me kind of like realign and focus. The second thing I do is I make sure I choose a workout that will help my stress levels. And for me, that's running. Maybe for you, it's dancing or maybe it's lifting something that brings you a lot of joy. I don't give a fuck if it's your planned workout or not. Movement is movement. And so choose a movement that's a de-stressor for you. And so for me, I'll enjoy a long run. Like I'll go on a a six, seven, eight mile run so I can decompress and de-stress and be one with myself. Um, And then the third thing I do when I have excess stress is I make sure I focus heavily on on my nutrition. Like I don't focus on anything else around, but around my nutrition 
asking myself and being mindful about my choices. So asking myself, am I eating this because I truly am hungry or am I eating this because I'm stressed? Am I eating this because I truly want it or am I eating it because it's here and I'm not feeling my best, right? Just making sure that I'm making very intentional nutritional decisions. And then I have another one for like depression. So I suffer severely from chronic depression. Um, I dealt with postpartum depression. I dealt with, you know, depression after I had Riley a couple years after I had her. So I've dealt with quite a few depressive streaks. And so if I find myself in a depressive state, the first thing I do is I tell myself it's okay to spend more time reading. Reading is a big decompressor for me. So I allow myself to not feel like I have to be productive in anything and I will focus on reading. The second thing is I'll do a workout that brings me joy. So usually it's like a Shanti let's get up dance where it's just like a whole vibe. And so I'll do that and it brings me happiness, brings me joy. The third thing I do is I make sure I eat something that makes me happy. I know that that's weird, but there's so many times when we're depressed that we just, nothing brings us happiness. So focusing on the things that bring us happiness. So maybe it's your favorite meal, or maybe it's something that, you know, is nostalgic for you, but and give yourself permission to enjoy a meal that really is going to bring you joy. And if you know, like, okay, I'm not feeling my best self. So you know what? I'm going to have this and I'm going to enjoy it. That way, you know, that it's planned. It's in the plan. And so those are just a couple examples of some different protocols that I have. And so I hope that they do help you. Let me give you an example also for a busy protocol. So like if you're late at work or life is really busy, maybe instead of your hour long workout that you usually do, you put in your protocol that you're allowing yourself a two 15 minute workouts or a 30 minute workout, right? Maybe when you're really busy, you have a backup protocol for, you know what, at the ball field, I'm going to walk around and instead of doing an actual workout, things like that. Or maybe, you know, instead of meal prepping because I was too busy, my protocol now says that I go to the supermarket and I get a rotisserie chicken and some frozen veggies, right? Having those protocols in place will give you that plan and that security to know that right now, I might not be thinking for my ideal self because I'm in a really crappy state of mind, but this this protocol was built with my ideal self in mind. This is something I can obtain. This is something that doesn't stress me out. That is the entire reason of having these protocols is for us to have something that won't stress us out, something that, you know what, you know, it's, it's not everything, but it's something and that's everything, right? It's not everything, it's something, but in the grand scheme of things, that's everything. Because as long as we do something consistently, that is what moves the the needle marker more than anything. All right, so I'm gonna go over each of those bullet points again. So why is it important to have different protocols? The first thing is life isn't a one size fits all. You gotta have backup plans for when life isn't ideal for your plan. Number two is planning for things that will happen will give you a feel of not being so out of control and blindsided. So you'll have a feeling of feeling more in control. And number three is having these different protocols makes you feel like you're focusing on a plan, which will allow you to not go off the rails and still feel like you're acting with your best interest in mind. And these are the questions you wanna ask yourself when you're creating your protocol. The first thing is ask yourself, when do you find that you struggle to follow your plan the most? 
rest. Is it during your period, stressful times at work, the kids, et cetera, et cetera. And number two is you wanna ask yourself when you find yourself struggling, what's the first thing to go during those times? For example, when you're on your period for the first whatever, do you find that fitness goes out, nutrition goes out? Do you find that you eat a gallon of ice cream or whatever the case may be? And number three is ask yourself, what is something I can do even if it's not what I usually do during those times to allow myself to know that I still have my ideal self in mind? All right, so that is the jits behind protocols and how you create them and why they're important. Now, what I want you to do is I want you to go in your notes phone, notes app in your phone, and I want you to create a folder, right? A folder. Words are really hard today. I don't know what's going on with me. Hold on, I need a sip of water. Because a hydrated bitch is a happy bitch. So I want you to go is I want you to go in your notes folder in your phone. If you have an iPhone, that's what it is. If you have an Android, I don't fucking know what it is. And then I want you to go and create a folder. And that folder will say protocols. And so now what you can do is you have a folder that's called protocols, create a note for each protocol that you need. So now what you'll do is when you find yourself in these circumstances, you'll go I got a plan, I know what I need to do, go to that folder, go to that note that for that protocol, and you're gonna be able to follow that and know that you are working with your ideal self in mind. Alrighty, so that is what I've got for different protocols. Let's go ahead and answer some of y'all's questions for the week. Alrighty, let's get to our Q&A portion, and so, from the questions y'all are asking me, it looks like we're getting a little raunchy for this Q&A portion. We're going to get a little personal. We have a lot of sex questions, which y'all know, like I am an open book when it comes to sex. I feel like women in general do not talk about it enough and it can be such a taboo discussion. And when I started getting comfortable talking about sex, not only with my spouse, but with the women in general, it helped me realize that, you know, things that I experience or other married couples experience, like it's common, it's normal. And these are ways that you can get through it. So the first question is, do you have anything that you've read that you've taken to the bedroom? And let me tell you, one of the biggest things that has changed my marriage for the best is reading spicy novels because something I do is I will take like a X like a scene out of a spicy novel and I'll send it to my husband and I'll be like read this honey and he'll give me his feedback and be like oh I like that or oh that was weird or oh does that interest you like it opens up the realm of discussion for us but I will say after reading, it was a scene, fuck, I can't remember what book it was at this point. But anyways, the scene was where they were using a vibrator together as a couple. And at this point, I was very new to like toys. I didn't really understand them. I had never really owned one. And so I asked Chris, I was like, hey, how would you feel about us getting a vibrator and trying this, right? And so I will say that was a game changer because after that one, now we have like 10 different ones. I kid you not. And it just helps enhance the sexual experience. So that is definitely one of the best takeaways from a spicy book for Chris and I's relationship in general. Alrighty, next question. How many days a week should sex happen as a couple living together? I don't 
normally think there is a should happen, right? Because every couple is different. Every woman is different. Every man is different. Everyone's sex drives are different. Personally, for Chris and I, we really make it a deal to at least have intimacy two days a week um, because we find that if we extend intimacy too long, we kind of lose that connection with each other. We kind of feel like we're getting in a rut. And so we really try to make it a point to promote intimacy at least twice a week. So maybe that means we spend time doing a game night together and then, you know, or whatever the case may be. But we really make an effort to promote intimacy at least twice a week. Um, except in my, my period because I am not a, I am not a fan of period sex. Um, so that is what we personally do. But I think it all starts with you talking with your spouse. And if you guys have different drives, maybe that means opening up the discussion and saying what you guys feel like would be beneficial for your marriage, right? Some people I know fucking have sex five days a week and some people have it three times a month and it works for them both ways. And so I think it's whatever is best for you and your partner, do that. And the only way you're gonna know is what's best is if y'all open up that discussion and say, hey, you know, I'm feeling very disconnected from you. You know, I wanna open up the discussion about how many times we both feel like we should spend being intimate, right? We don't want to make it a chore. We don't want to make it awkward, but we also want to make sure the discussion's out there so the expectations are laid out. Because Chris and I have had to have these discussions multiple times. Like whenever, you know, after I had kids and I was in like thick postpartum depression, I could go months and months and months without even having any urge to have sex. And so that was very unfair of me to do for him. And so once we started talking about these things, we realized, I realized, I was like, all right, you know what? Like I I've got to work on this and it just really helps open up your mind for that thing. So I would say whatever works best for y'all, but for us personally, we like to not have sex less than two times a week because we start feeling very disconnected as husband and wife. Alrighty then. So that is all the time we've got questions for today. Remember y'all, if you ever want your questions answered on the pod, don't be afraid to email bethatbpod at gmail.com and I'll have that email in the show notes. I love to answer y'all's questions. Ask them anytime if you need advice or anything. They're just so much fun and it allows me to connect with you guys. If y'all enjoyed this episode, please be a doll and share that to your Instagram stories and tag me. I'd love to see shout you out and say thank you. And I really love getting to meet all of my pod listeners. Okay. All right. I'm gonna let y'all go. I'm gonna leave you like I leave you every single time in a world full of bitches. Be that bitch, whatever that bitch is to y'all. I hope next week I am not choosing violence. (laughs) See y'all.